and also extra excited to be welcoming Dustin and Raquel back. Uh, we're really excited to have you back. And so today we're going to be continuing uh, kind of based off what we talked about last week when Pastor Jeff was, was here with us. And we were in the book of Lamentations. So we're going to be continuing in Lamentations today. I guess um, <laughs> when I saw my name beside this uh, assignment, we'll say, to continue in Lamentations, I was quite nervous, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's a really heavy book. And certainly, you know, when we, when we talk about suffering, it's, it's not something that we're so comfortable talking about. Uh, if, you, if you read through Lamentations or if you get a chance this week to, to even gloss over it, you're going to see a lot of heavy themes uh, talked about in Lamentations. There's a lot of, of really deep uh, topics. Um, suffering is present everywhere. And so as Christians or as people, how do we respond to that suffering? And so I'll even start by asking a question. Um, are you suffering? Are you suffering um, about something or, or are you suffering from something? And ha have you ever thought about even where that suffering comes from? As, as you know, you read through Lamentations, there's, I guess there's many different kinds of sufferings, but there's certain sufferings that are very specific that God is, is, is basically sending um, the people as a result of their rebellion to him, as a result of his justice. But you know, sometimes in our own lives, in some of our own personal sufferings, I think it's, it's wise to, to stop and to think about sometimes where these sufferings could come from. You know, like, is, is, is there some kind of habit that is continually going on in my life, right, where basically, like, you, you know in your mind that this is suffering that more or less you kind of deserve. You say, God, honestly, like, I was acting a fool in this way, and I've had this repeated pattern of, of whatever, and now I, ha I know that I see and I live with the consequences of that. Or is it a different kind of suffering? Is it chronic pain? Is it suffering that you cannot put your hand on where you just seem to be the victim? Where almost seemingly there's, there's, there's nothing that you, that you can do where it really shows that, that life is out of your grasp. It's out of control for you. you know? and, and that can come up so clearly and easily, right? When even when you see a loved one suffering, where you say, well, God, what, where, where are you? What's going on here? And so... Basically, in Lamentations, we're going to, you know, for our purposes today, we're just going to say that Jeremiah is the author of Lamentations, right? I know uh, that the book, I don't think, is, is credited. Uh, an author doesn't take ownership of it. But at the same time, there's so many references to Jeremiah. Uh, there's so many experiences where, where, you know, where we conclude where he's the one that went through these experiences. So we'll just say that it's Jeremiah. Jeremiah. And there is this, like, roller coaster of, of heaviness and of discomfort. And I know you've probably heard of the book of Job uh, or read it, or, and you see this, this kind of like personal suffering. Like Job goes through, through all these things and there's this deep personal suffering and, and Job is always claiming his innocence. And even in that roller coaster, he's asking where God is. Lamentations, on the other hand, is this, is this national suffering that affects Jeremiah and even the people in it. It's this nas national suffering where God is bringing the people of Jerusalem and, 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 and the city of Jerusalem and in the people of Judah to justice. And, it, and it's really clear that the, the cause of this suffering is for their rebellion and their sin. So it's, it's a really 
you know, it's, it's a different kind of suffering. It's a heavy suffering, but it really, really illustrates what sin does to our lives, what it does to our city, and what it, and what it does to us. So I am going to start by reading a chapter, in chapter 3, uh, a few verses here. So I'll read here. I am a man who has seen affliction under the rod of God's wrath. He has driven me away and forced me to walk in darkness instead of light. Yes, he repeatedly turns his hand against me all day. He has worn away my flesh and skin. He has broken my bones. He has laid siege against me, encircling me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have been dead for ages. He is a bear waiting in ambush, a lion in hiding. He has forced me off my way and tore me to pieces. He has left me desolate. He strung his bow and he and, and, and set me as the target for his arrow. Wow. That is quite heavy. And even in reading that, and in reading through the whole book of Lamentations, there's a lot of images like that. There's a lot of things that will make you feel uncomfortable. If you're not comfortable talking about pain and suffering, well, this is certainly going to make you feel uncomfortable. But Jeremiah here is even likening God basically to, like, the, the, the predator, right? And that he's the prey, God's the archer, and he's the target, that's <laughs> certainly, those are some things that can make us feel uncomfortable, absolutely. But, you know, there's, there's something here as well. Remember I was saying the context of the book of what the suffering that was going on was described as this outright, as a result of outright rebellion towards God, where God brought the suffering upon them, right? That, that there was the siege of Jerusalem where, you know, they're, they're being brought into captivity by Babylon, and, and that there's all these things that they go through on account of that, because of that. And you have to understand, Jeremiah here, right, he, he went through this. This is something that he witnessed. This is something that he experienced. This is something that he lived. And so when he's, you know, lamenting throughout this book, these are things that he himself has seen and experienced and witnessed. And these are real things, heaviness that he's been, been, been witness to. And you know, there, there, is something, there is something great. You know, we're not, we're not going to stay here. But, we, but I do want to say that once again, as, as Pastor Jeff was saying last week, it's important that we have space to question, to question God, to, to lament. Like God is big enough to handle our grief and our questions. God is big enough that we can come to him when we are upset and we don't understand because, because of another reason, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in, in the sermon, but I just want to remind you that God is big enough to handle our questions, and, and, and God is big enough to be there for us when we're struggling, and where we feel like he's the enemy. Like, you know, sometimes it can feel like God is the enemy. Sometimes when we, you know, when we look around, right, and we, and we say, we, you know, we even sometimes look at other people's lives, or maybe we see our, uh, our, 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 our friends who maybe aren't Christian, and we say, wow, look how simple things are for them. Like, 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 look at the things that, you know, they, they get to go and just live for themselves. They don't have to worry about all these different things. Like, why am I struggling with sin? Why do I feel this, this weight and this burden? Sometimes it can feel like life feels easier for them. And so sometimes God feels like that he's the enemy, right? Sometimes. And Jeremiah is, is, is speaking through, like I said, his pain and his feelings and, and, and all the experiences that he's seen and witnessed. So I just want to remind you that, you know, God welcomes us and invites us to seek him out and to lament 
and, 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 to, and to tell him truly, you know, how we're feeling. And at the same time, e- even in the context of this book, there's another key point, even within that, is that God also does take sin and injustice very seriously, right? Like, that's a frightening thought, in a way, to say, you know, God's wrath is to be taken seriously, and I just want to remind you again, too, that this isn't, isn't just this, like, you know, volatile anger. You know, I, I had a friend, um, you know, <laughs> I hope he comes to Jesus soon. But, you know, he would always come in, and when we talk about God sometimes, he would say, you know, this is how I, I see God. You know, he's just, like, he's just going around, and he, and he has this, like, um, you know, he's, like, dropping, like, lightning bolts from heaven. You know, just to, like, you know, kind of, like, like, to harm us and to come at us. And it's, like, new, that is not the God that we serve. So I just want to let you know that it's not, this is like volatile anger where you're like, I don't know, what's the will of the gods or God today? Like, what is going on? But it's, this is rather his very stern and patient response to injustice and sin. It's something very different. But that moves us on to our second point, but we will keep reading. I'm going to read uh, in verse uh, 19 to 25. And here we go. Remember my affliction and my homelessness, the wormwood and the poison. I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him to the person who seeks him. And you know, amidst like all this darkness that's going on, and if, if you continue to read through the experiences, there's lots of verses that I did skip. Um, and, in this, and even in chapter three, you know, that, that's a powerful thing to realize, right? That even within and through this darkness, that his eyes are turned back to God. And I just want to continue reading a little bit more in in verse 31 to 33. For the Lord will not reject us forever. Even if he causes suffering, he will show compassion according to the abundance of his faithful love. For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. Wow. That's quite encouraging. Even as, you know, we're, we're reading through this as well, to just really... I'm, I'm going I'm to emphasize, I'm going to highlight some points here, right? It says here in verse 33, for he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind, that he will show compassion according to the abundance of his faithful love. Do you know who God is? Do you know who the God that you serve is? Do you know what he's like? Do you understand and know that he's not a God that just enjoys in seeing us suffer? No matter the cause, no matter the complexity or the nature of the suffering, that is not something that he enjoys to see. Because he loves us. And that's, that's a really, really important point, right? Like, God loves us. And that he does not enjoy suffering. So I just want to remind you today, if you're going through something really hard that doesn't make any sense, whether it's personal or whether it's, 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 it's even a struggle in your family, where it doesn't make any sense and it feels like God is absent, I just want to let you know that God is not enjoying the suffering. I want you to remind you, right, that he, that he of, his, of his faithful love and his compassion 
But these, but at the same time, as, as Jeremiah is, is lamenting that these are hard things that we have to deal with, right? These are hard experiences that we live with. And even, even on that, there's, 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 you know, Jeremiah is also able to say that while he is still there. Like God is still preserving him in that moment. And he comes to that realization, right? Like that we are still here. There's something really amazing that we're told in scripture and as we continue to read is that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God. And that's a good thing. That even once again in the sufferings that we encounter in our lives, that evil and death do not get the last say, right? That's an amazing relief. And I know that doesn't make the suffering that you endure in the moment any easier per se, but it does give you hope. There's a difference. There's a difference to know that at the end of life even, and that even at death, that nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. You know, but before that, sometimes we do experience this really deep darkness. You know, darkness is a scary thing. I don't know about you, um, but maybe, maybe if, if, if it's not scared for you, if you're not scared of it now, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, right? When you were a kid, there's a certain age that you, you're at where you're just like, you're afraid of the darkness. Um, you know, you want to sleep with the lights on, you need nightlight. And if something weird happens, you know, you see, like the wind blows and it's like, why is the closet door a little bit, was it open like that when I went to bed? Like, what's going on? What's that little extra creak? Now you run to mom and dad. You run to mom and dad, you wait out the night until the morning comes, Right? Or sometimes if you've done it too often, as I did, your mom, my mom would send me back to my room. But, you know, anyways. Um, but, and, or maybe you're still afraid of the dark. I don't know. Like, when's the last time that you've been home alone, right? And it's like, you know, like you're getting up maybe in the night, in the middle of the night for like a midnight snack or like 3 a.m. Or not a midnight snack, my bad. You know, it's like 3 a.m. And, and you're walking around. Right? And, and it's like, you're just like hyper aware. Like all the lights are off. You're, you're being risky here because you don't want to turn on the lights because then you're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. And you're just like afraid. You're like, you're walking around. Um, I don't know. This might be a terrible reference, but you know Luigi's Mansion? You're like this little flashlight and you're like, like looking around and you're like shaking, right? So, so there, there's something scary about the dark, right? But at the same time, the light is something that is, that is comforting. The light is something that reminds us even of who God is and the protection that he has for us. So I just want to remind you in whatever suffering that you're going through that you need to hold out until the morning. The morning will come. Although it's dark for you right now, you need to hold on until the morning there is hope. And God is a, our protector. God cares for us and God gives us the morning, right? There's, there's promises that he makes. There's many promises that he makes. And that's so good. And that's so good. I'll read again in verse 22. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. And I want to remind you a little bit more about the nature of some of this suffering. You need to understand that God is, is one who, he, he doesn't delight in suffering, that even when there's trials that we go through, right, that, that even in, in, the, in the story of Lamentations where, where there's this weight of suffering on, 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 on Judah and, and Jerusalem, right, 
and on, and on God's people. That this is for their protection even. This is for their protection and their restoration. Like, like God is seeing where they're heading and he says, that's enough. That's enough of the injustice. That's enough of the rebellion. And this is going to keep going there and it's going to consume you. And you're going to become darkness. That is enough. So he intervenes. And even though they're struggling today, as Jeremiah, recall, Jeremiah recalls, that God is his hope. And there's still a hope for restoration and for the promises that he makes. So death does not get the final say. You can see this all throughout the Bible. You can see this all throughout the Bible. You even turn to the first pages. To the first pages, you even see in Genesis, right, where God is instructing Adam, and, 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 and he's telling him, you know, this is what you can enjoy, but don't go here, because if you go here, surely you will die. Like, like God is trying to prevent their suffering in that moment. You have to understand, you have to trust that God is good, that he doesn't delight in suffering. You can even just going on to, to Cain and Abel, right? Where God tells them, sin is crouching at your door. It's desires for you, but you must rule over it. And what does he do? He doesn't listen. And, and look at the consequences and at the ravages of sin for his life from that point onward. But even then, God is still there for him. This is, this, is, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. And it really tells us about who God is. And I want to bring us, even then, to another powerful point for us, right? And actually, well, on that note, before we're going there, <laughs> I do want to read from Hebrews 12, right? About even, um, about some of the sufferings that we go through in our own life. And I just want to remind you of God's goodness even through it, even though it's difficult. So I read from Hebrews 12, verse 6. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. And it goes on to say, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness right? Like, sin is the enemy, not us. God loves us, and he's working in our lives to clean us and remove this sin so that we can share in his holiness and we can be like him and enjoy him forever. What an amazing prize that is. And as I, you know, even as we read this morning, which was great, it's, it's fun when that happens, because I also have Psalm 103 here as well, verses 8 to 10, right? We read this this morning. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. That's powerful. How come, right? How come? As Christians, we get to continue on, right? And we know the story. We, we see God and who he is throughout the scriptures from the beginning all to the end. But there's something really important that we need to remember. 
And it's that when we look at the cross, we see, we see how come, right? We see why. Jesus is the reminder of our hope, and he shows us God's heart fully on display. Like, like God isn't just seeing the suffering and saying that he doesn't like it, that he doesn't delight in it for mankind. He enters into the suffering with us and for us. That's, that's, that's powerful, right? He's not a God that's watching from a distance and turns a blind eye and doesn't care about what we're going through. He enters into the scene and he takes on suffering for himself willingly. And you want to know the difference? You want to know the difference between Jesus and us? Well, I guess there's a lot, but he's still making us like him, which is great. Is that he didn't deserve any of it. There's no point in his life where he, where he is suffering for the consequences of his sin. He has no sin. Instead, he's taking on our sin. He's taking on our dysfunction. He's taking on our rebellion. He's taking on our hurt and our pain. And he's going to the cross for us. And at the cross, you see God's wrath on display as well. You see his justice and his compassion and his love and his mercy all in the same spot. And that is shown and demonstrated by Jesus on the cross. So we get to read Psalm 103, 103, verses 8 to 10, knowing that Jesus is the one that has paid for our sin. Jesus is the one who has paid for our injustice that we've been a part of in our life as well. You know, even today powerfully, we did read the, even the confession, right? Where we, 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 we come to mind and we think about God I have not loved you with all my heart. Forgive me. God, I have not loved my neighbor as myself. Not a chance. Like so many times this week, even I thought of myself above everyone else. Even my immediate family, my friends. So God, my neighbor, (laughs) I didn't even think of them. Forgive us, God. And thank you for your son, for not just watching us from afar, but for entering into the suffering and dying on the cross for us. Now, I also understand that maybe you're not there yet to to be able to see even that, right? Maybe you're more in where we are in Lamentations, and you're lamenting about suffering that's going on in your life, and that's okay. And as a church and as a family, even at that, we're here for you. If there's something that you're struggling with or going through that's just so unbearable, and the weightiness is so real. You need to reach out to someone here and talk to someone, right? And we're all here for you. We're going we're gonna to pray with you. We're going to lament with you. We're going to love you through it. And Jesus is going to love you through it. And even at that, as, as Pastor Jeff was saying last week, we get to go out even amongst our friends who don't know how to lament and say, but there's hope. Like we, we, we can be there for them in their, in their, in their tough struggles as well. And then we can point them to the hope. Isn't that good news to hear of a God who does not enjoy in our sufferings? Isn't that great? And then at the same time, it's so selfless that he does something about it. So I just want to remind you that even in that, on the darkest of nights, right? Um, and you can't find your way. Just hold out. There's hope. Trust God. Wait until the morning. The morning will come. And those are promises that God makes. It's a testament of his goodness, Right? And once again, we even look and we see back on the cross where Jesus himself cried out, even as, 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 as Jeremiah is in Lamentations, and it's that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus understands how we feel. 
And Jesus cares deeply for us. And I want to remind you again, the sky, at the point of the crucifixion, the sky was darkened, the earth shook, but morning did come. And on the third day, Jesus rose in heavenly splendor. So hang on and wait for the morning and you will see the sun. His faithfulness and his mercies, they do not end. And don't forget, the cross is a symbol of hope for us. That if we ever wonder, even if God truly cares for us, that we can look to Jesus and we can look to the cross. And we can be reminded of who God is, that he's just, that he's loving, and he cares for us deeply. And I guess that that will end in prayer. And as as a response, you know, we'll pray and we'll worship, we'll remember, we'll contemplate. And we're going to have communion today too, so that's great. So I'll pray and I think, I think we're doing communion next, but anyways, I'll pray and then whoever's supposed to come up next will come up. That'll be the cue. Father, uh, thank you for today and thank you for revealing yourself to us through scripture. Thank you for showing us through life just of how much you care for us. We know that suffering is something that we go through on a daily there could be many reasons for it, and we know it's complex, God. We've, we see Job, and we see lamentations. And we see the cross, and we remember you, God. That you don't just watch from afar, that you truly do deeply care for us. That you have this deep compassion for us, and it moves you to action. Thank you so much, God. Let us remember that your, your love and your goodness... And, and the hope that is in you. God, restore all people to yourself. Um, make yourself known to everyone. Call them into your family. And God, give us words to share the good news that you care for each and every one of us. And let us go out and proclaim that to people. In Jesus' name, amen.